بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ tonight is the 13th of february in the year 2024 and alhamdulillah we moved on to the 12th night that we're going through the illustrious and blessed life of the noble companion sayyidina amr ibn al-as radiyallahu and i've reached the point where i've mentioned that he's been sent by the unbelieving quraish to try and bring back the renegades in inverted commas i.e. the muslims who had migrated to abyssinia and jafar radiyallahu the spokesman for the believers he beautifully articulated their plight and najashi said i will never hand them back but another report adds details so this is recorded in abu nuaim in his delight al nubua volume 1 page 8 sheikh al ahadith maulana idris sahib qandahlawi rahmatullahi in the seerat al mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam volume 1 page 2845 of the english translation urwa ibn zubair rahmatullahi he said sayyidana jafar radiyallahu he then said to the najashi rahmatullahi i now have a few questions for these people i the envoys i request you to ask them to respond to my questions firstly are we slaves who have fled from our masters if we are slaves then indeed we deserve to be returned to our masters najashi rahmatullahi then turned to sayyidina amr ibn al-as radiyallahu and he said are these people slaves sayyidina amr radiyallahu said no they are not slaves but they are free and they are noble sayyidina jafar radiyallahu then addressed the king now ask them if we have fled after killing someone if we have killed someone unlawfully you may promptly surrender this to the custody of the victim's guardians and najashi rahmatullah alayh thereupon turned to amr ibn al-as again radiyallahu and said did these people unlawfully shed anyone's blood before they fled here sayyidina amr radiyallahu replied no not a single drop of blood sayyidina jafar radiyallahu thereupon asked the king to ask them have we fled after usurping someone's wealth suppose we are guilty of usurping someone's wealth we are now prepared to reimburse him and najashi rahmatullahi he addressed amr radiyallahu anhu saying if these people fled after illicitly seizing someone's wealth i am accountable and answerable for it i stand as a guarantor for all penalties as well sayyidina amr radiyallahu responded they have not usurped a single qirat i assent so the report so now the shoes on the other foot so sayyidina jafar radiyallahu is now going to make sure that the envoys don't return and is basically ask look how interesting he wasn't even talking direct to amr even though he was there he was talking to the king out of respect and he goes ask them these questions if they answer to them then we will return are we slaves have we fled from our masters 
So Amr said no. Second question. Have we killed anybody? Have you murdered somebody? If we have, surrender us. Amr said no. The third question. Have we taken somebody's wealth unlawfully? Now look how interesting. Najashi, he added something. He goes, if these people fled after illicitly seizing someone's wealth, I am accountable and I will be answerable for it. I stand as a guarantor for all penalties as well. Jaffa didn't ask that. So Najashi is now supporting the Muslims. So Amr radiyallahu said, no, they haven't usurped a single kirat or a cent or a penny like we'd say. And Najashi rahmatullahi thereupon asked the Qureshi emissaries, then what on earth are your demands? Sayyidina Amr radiyallahu responded, all of us were adherents to the same religion. Now these people have renounced their own religion. They have assumed a totally novel religion. The king then turned to the companions and asked, what was the religion you have renounced and what is this new religion you have adopted? And Sayyidina Jafar replied, I guess the previous report. But he added, as for our previous religion, it was the creed of shaitan and the mandate of shaitan. They wish to slay this truthful prophet and they expect us to return to idol worship. So these are the additions in this report, the long one I mentioned yesterday. So note, Amr is still trying to get them. And now he's thinking they've changed their religion. Maybe this will get them cornered. But Sayyidina Jafar said, what was our religion? Because it's a religion of shaitan. And then he said, they want to kill the prophet. And he goes, and they're asking us to return to stones and idols to worship. Another narration adds details. Our beloved mother, Sayyida Um Salama, she said, when the two left, and Najashi, Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As said, I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Tomorrow I shall definitely defame them so much in front of Najashi that they will be uprooted. Mm-hmm. Abdullah ibn Rabi'ah, who was the softer of the two towards the Muslims, he said, don't do it. They are after all our relatives, even though they've opposed us. Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As was adamant and he said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I shall certainly inform An-Najashi, rahmatullahi, that they regard Isa ibn Maryam والسلام, to be just a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Stop in the report. So this is the second phase now. So Amr, he goes, we haven't lost. He goes, I'm going to turn their happiness to grief. So look how interesting. His partner, Abdullah ibn Rabi'ah, he didn't even ask him. He could have said, well, what's your plan? All he said was, don't do it. Because at the end of the day, they're our family. He goes, you, the king might, you know, harm them. So Amr ibn al-As said, no. He goes, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to tell the king what they think of Isa. He's just a servant, alayhi salatu wasalam. The following day, they returned to the king. And they said, oh king, these people say awful things about Isa ibn Maryam, alayhi salatu wasalam. Summon them. And ask them what they have to say about him. So think about this. Didn't Jafar read Surah Maryam to them? But 
Does it explicitly mention anything in the sense that Jesus says, I am not God, I am not the Son of God? It mentions in those sacred verses that he's I'm the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you could argue it's not clear. So Amr was thinking, ask them to explain. <laughs> when An-Najashi rahmatullahi called for them to question them, the Muslims again convened a meeting because nothing like this had happened before. They asked each other what their reply to An-Najashi would now be when he is when he asks about Isa. They finally concluded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we shall say what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said about it and what our Prophet has brought regardless of the consequences. So they were now in a position where they could have hide, hid their faith, right? To save their lives, you know, out of danger. No problem. But they were that strong in their faith because no, because we're going to tell him exactly what. Allah said, and the Prophet said, no matter what happens, because if the king turns against us, let it be. <laughs> when they went to An-Najashi and he asked them about the mat, Jafar again, he responded, O king, we say what our Prophet has brought to us about, namely, that he والسلام, was the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his prophet, the spirit that Allah ta'ala created and his word that he cast on the pure virgin Maryam. Stop in the report. What a perfect description of Isa Straight to the point, he said, servant of God, prophet, the spirit from Allah, a special spirit. Allah Ta'ala cast that spirit into the virgin Maryam, meaning his mother was a virgin as well. There was silence. So now imagine Amr is thinking, God. Upon hearing this, An-Najashi, Rahmatullah, he slapped his hands on the ground and he picked up a little stick. So up to this point, it looks like he might be angry. So he slaps his hand on the ground, he picks a stick up. He thereupon said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if Isa ibn Maryam wasalam, himself would not add to what you said more than the extent of this little stick. <laughs> so An-Najashi said, if Christ was here, he goes, he wouldn't have said anything different. Because not even the difference of this stick. When An-Najashi said this, look how interesting, all the priests gathered around and they started showing signs of displeasure. Look how interesting, stop in the report. When they heard the Quran, they were weeping. But their Iman hasn't entered their hearts. The difference now is clear. Najashi, Iman's entered his heart. Why are the priests getting agitated? Meaning, he's not God. So when, when the priest got getting agitated, An-Najashi, Rahmatullah, he thereupon turned to them and said, this is the truth, even though you may snort and shout. Then turning to the Muslims, he said, go, you are safe in my land, and whoever swears at you shall be penalized. Even in exchange for a mountain of gold, I would not want to harm any one of you. So what did he say? Because if anybody even insults you with their tongue, they will be penalized. 
And he goes, I, if I'm offered a mountain of gold to harm you, I wouldn't do it. Then he addressed the courtiers, i.e. the unbelieving Quraysh. Return the gifts to the two of them, for I have no need for it. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala restored to me my kingdom, he took no bribes. Why should I then accept any bribes? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not bother about what the people had to say about me, why should I then bother about what they say about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So something the report, this is to do with the history, how you became the king. It's not relevant, but he's referring to that matter. He goes, Allah Ta'ala looked after me. He goes, so obviously I have to be just. I don't care what people say. This is the truth. The two delegates therefore had to return in humiliation with their gifts thrown back at them. We then stayed in a nice place with excellent names. So all of this is recorded in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Behaki, volume 9, page 9, Abu Nu'aym al-Hilya, al-Haytami in Majma al-Zawaid, volume 6, page 27, comments upon the chain of narrators, Ayad al-Sahaba, volume 1, page 5 and 47 of the New English Translation. So now, has Najashi embraced Islam? The answer is, he's, he hasn't explicitly declared his Islam. And he hid his Iman. And the proof is from other reports. But he had embraced Islam within his heart because the Prophet later did the funeral prayer in absence. Why did he not openly proclaim? Because the kingdom would have been in turmoil. And there might have been a civil war. So obviously he was looking after the welfare of the subjects. So now Amr, he had nothing left. He tried his best, first with his eloquence. And secondly, with regards to Isa But the other thing which is very important, which people fail to mention, this was also da'wah for Amr. <laughs> so obviously, we know that he was a spokesman of the unbelieving Quraysh, but he's hearing all this. So isn't it affecting him? So don't think he's just there. So obviously, another nail in the coffin, I for his unbelief. But there's another report which adds details. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he added, radiyallahu Ja'afar radiyallahu said, We say what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that Isa wasalam, was the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the spirit he created and cast on the pure virgin whom no man has touched and who had not lost her virginity by any child, I before the blessed birth. Picking up a little stick from the ground, and Najashi said, Rahmatullah O assembly of Abyssinians, priests and monks, these people have not added even to the extent of their stick to what we have to say. Then turning to the Muslims, he said, Welcome to you and to the man وسلم, from whom you have come. I testify that he is certainly Rasulullah and the one whose mention we find in the Injil. He is undoubtedly the messenger about whose coming Isa gave glad tidings. I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that had I not been occupied with ruling my kingdom, I would surely have gone to him and been the one who carries his sandals. And Najashi then ordered that the gifts of the Quraysh envoys should be returned. 
This is recorded in Ahmed in his Musnad, number 4400, Tabarani, in his Delay in 2-298, Abu Dawud At-Tayalasi, number 346, Fattal Badi, volume 7, page 130, Sahih, al in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 6, page 24, Ibn Katir Sira, volume 2, page 5, stated strong, Hayat Sahaba, volume 1, page 588-9 of the New English Translation. So in this authentic report, it looks like he's proclaimed his Islam. So the response to this is, the scholars point out, he did this privately with the Muslims. Meaning he told them, he goes, look, you're safe. But outwardly he didn't proclaim that. So this is how to reconcile. And the reason I say that is because the Prophet did janazah for him in absence. right? So the response is, if he was openly a Muslim, he would have migrated. But he himself explained, because I, I am occupied with ruling the kingdom. Otherwise, I would have loved to be a servant of the Prophet So note again, he's highlighted his Iman clearly. In another flawless report, the wording is as related by Abu Musa al-Ashri. If it was not for my rulership responsibilities, I would have presented myself and kissed his sandals. He then told the Muslims, stay in my land as long as you wish. He then arranged food and clothing first. This is recorded in Tabarani, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, Volume 6, page 31, stated Sahih, the criteria of Bukhari. So what additions are mentioned here? Because I would have kissed his sandals, meaning it would be an honor for me. And then he said, you can stay as long as you wish. And he now started arranging for their necessities, their food and their clothes. In another report, it mentions that the moment Ja'afur had ceased the recital of the Quran, An-Najashi appealed to Ja'afur. Please recite for us a bit more of these glorious words. When he recited yet another surah, Najashi responded, Indisputably, this is the truth. You have been honest, and your Prophet has spoken the truth, and all of you are on the right path. You may thus now reside in this land in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with peace and tranquility. This is recorded in Abu Nu'im in his Delay al Nubu'ah, volume 1, page 81. So this adds another detail. He wanted to hear more of the Quran. And we don't know why he recited, but he recited another surah. And he was greatly pleased. And then he said, you can stay in peace and tranquility. Thus, due to Sayyidina Ja'far, his beautiful description of our glorious deen, the blessed king and Najashi, rahmatullahi had embraced Islam. Sayyidina Amr radiallahu thus returned unsuccessfully with his friend. But undoubtedly, these events must have also played a most pivotal role in the eventual conversion of this noble soul. So now what's interesting, what year was this of the Prophet? 50th, right? So 5th or 6th, 5th or 6th year. So He's returned. It's the same year. So the Prophet is now going to spend another seven years in Makkah before he himself is forced to migrate. So seven years. Then Amr ibn al-As he eventually, I'll come to it, he returns to An-Najash. That took place six years after the Hijrah. So 13 years later, after this first meeting, well not the first meeting, but as the representative of the Quraysh, 
he returns 13 years late. It's very important to keep that in mind, i.e. for future reference. Indeed, it was now becoming clear to him that there was some mysterious forces against him which he had no power to overcome despite his best efforts. He was the fox. A fox is known, you know, it plays dead to get out of a trap. Even the fox thought, you know, who's, who's like stumbling me up? And he starts realizing somebody's helping the Prophet. Indeed, what did I mention? There's a report. In Behaki, Ibn Kathir Sira, volume 2, page 19 of the English translation, Amr, Rahmatullah, he relates, when Sayyidina Amr ibn al As arrived back from Abyssinia, he sat at home, he went into his dwelling, and he was lost in his thoughts. Since he would not go out to them, the Quraysh wondered what's the matter with him. Sayyidina Amr eventually exited and he said, Ashama claims your man to be a prophet. Ashama claims your man to be a prophet. Let's look at this. So this is a hadith in Behaki and Ibn Kathir Sira. So look at the impact. He's come back. It's messed him up. He goes back. He goes, look, I tried. I was unsuccessful. He goes into his dwelling. He's not coming out. So obviously, a person doesn't leave his dwelling. He's either ill or something's troubling him. When they made investigations, he finally came out. Still, you know, like you say, Kabra. And look at the statement he made. Ashama, that's the real name of Najash. Ashama, the king Negus, he claims your man is a prophet. So what's shocking? Because how can a foreign king know he's the prophet and the one that he's grown up with is we're fighting him. But did he say that? No. All he said was Ashama claims your man to be a prophet. So what's happening? You can see a change is taking place. <laughs> this is the sixth year, right? And it's, and it's true, you can think about it. One of the leading kings of the world has testified to the one that you're saying is an imposter. And the one who's the imposter is the one who's lived with you, grown up with you. You've known him all your life. So it's messed him up. And he's saying to the people, look how brave he was, he didn't hide it. Because he's saying he's a prophet. <laughs> Despite this statement, continuing to now fight what he knew deep in his heart to be true, Sayyidina Amr doggedly still clung to his ancestral faith. Like I mentioned, his father is still alive. The only thing was his brother. <laughs> we got no details. But imagine when he was returning, do you honestly believe? Sayyidina Hisham ibn al-As wasn't going to have a word with his brother. As if to say, look, even the king has testified. What's the matter with you? Though there's no text for that. But you would have expected the brother to say that. So obviously all of this was now heavily burdening him. But he, being the eldest son of the unbelieving, one of the unbelieving chiefs, he still doggedly clung to what he knew now to be false. And why is that important to highlight? Because a lot of people are like that. They know Islam is the truth, but something is holding them back. And whatever it is, it certainly is not worth it in the least. So all I mentioned today was adding the details, further details, where the great name of Sayyidina Amr radiallahu is mentioned in the famous migration to Abyssinia. And notice, it profoundly affected him. 
But, like I mentioned, he had not embraced Islam. But there was a slow process taking place. And to add, at this time, Umar has not embraced Islam. So don't start thinking everybody's Muslim. Umar's still a unbeliever. So when, when they came back, Umar must have been thinking, you know what? It must have affected him as well. And there's a report to finish to explain this. The hadith is in Tabarani authentic. A couple were going to migrate secretly to Abyssinia. The husband goes for a call of nature or some other need. And the wife is left by herself. All of a sudden, Umar emerges. So she thinks, like we'd say in today's day and age, Margia. Right? I'm dead. So she's expecting Umar to go ballistic. So he walks over to her. He goes, where are you going? So she's thinking, I might as well just tell him the truth. I know what's going to happen. He goes, we're leaving Makkah. And he goes, the reason is because we can't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we're going to a place where we can worship freely. And now she's expecting the assault. Umar said, God be with you. And he left her. So she's left stunned. Husband comes back after a short period of time. He goes to his wife, what's the matter with you? She goes, you're not going to believe this. What am I, I'm not going to believe what happened. He goes, Umar, Umar was here. So he goes, what did he say? And she explained what happened. The husband then says, do you think that Umar is going to embrace Islam? So she goes, I hope so. I saw softness in his speech. So the husband said, his father's donkey might embrace Islam. It's not going to happen with him. <laughs> right? His father's donkey, Khatab's donkey. You got more hope of him embracing Islam than Umar. And then they left. But like the scholars say, he must have been made to eat those words later. So this was around the same time. This is why you got to put everything in the time period. Amr's returned. Why is Umar getting, you know, soft? So notice all of these things were having a profound impact upon them. Some of them instantly embraced Islam, like Abu Bakr. Some of them shortly thereafter, some was just like dragging their feet. Umar embraced Islam and Amr obviously towards the end. But there's huge lessons in that that we can take. Because why? Because our job isn't to convert people. Our job is to pass the message on. Allah is the one who gives guidance. Are there any questions you have to ask? سبحان الله بحمده سبحان الله هم بحمدك أشهد الله إله إلا أنت أستغفرك أتوب إليك وذب الله من شيطان جيب سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون السلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين والله يرحمه الرحيم والأصل الإنسان لفي خصم الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات رواس بالحق رواس بالصبر سبحان الله